section seventeen of neighbourhood a year's life in and about an english village by tickner edwards this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine september part one august holiday-makers in windlecombe are mainly of the normal obvious kind the people for whom guide-books and picture-postcards are produced and by whom the job-masters and the boat proprietors gain a livelihood but september brings to the village a wandering crew of an altogether different complexion there is something about the temperate sunshine and general slowing up and sweetening of life during this month that draws from their hiding nooks in the city suburbs a class of man and woman for whom i have long entertained the profoundest respect with every year as soon as september comes round i find myself looking out for these stray for the most part solitary folk and in quite a humble unpretentious spirit taking them beneath my avuncular wing that they seek the quiet of an inland village in september and not the feverish belated distractions of the seaside town is an initial point in their favour but almost invariably they bring with them a much more subtle recommendation they are down for a holiday but they have come entirely without premeditation suddenly yielding to a sort of migratory impulse they have locked up dusty chambers or left small shops to the care of wives or begged a few precious days from niggardly employers and come away on a spate of emotional longing for country quiet and greenery irresistible this time though generally the impulse has been felt and resisted every autumn for twenty years back indeed there must be some specially fatal quality about this period of time for i constantly hear the same story no holiday taken for twenty years at noon to-day after a long tramp through the fields i came up the village street and paused irresolutely outside the three thatchers inn the morning had been hot and the walk tiring moreover it was the first of september and the guns had been popping distressfully in all the coverts by the way i knew that before sundown a brace or two of partridges would be certain to find their road to my door but this did not prove and has never proved compensation for the flurry and disturbance carried by the noise of the guns into all my favourite conning places or arenas for quiet thought the whole world of wildlife was in a panic and i with it the red ochre doorstep of the inn glowed in the sunshine at my feet and from the cool darkness beyond came a chink of glasses and murmur of many tongues it all seemed eminently consolatory for the moment's mood within there 
no one would fire a gun off at my ear nor stalk past me with a shoulder-load of limp sanguinary spoil nor warn me out of my favourite coppices with a finger to the lip as though a nation of babies slumbered within i was a lost man even before i began to hesitate i stood my stout furs walking-stick in the porch beside a drover's staff a shepherd's crook and three or four undenominational cudgels and plunged down the two steps into the bar now before my eyes had accustomed themselves to the subdued light and i could see what company was about me i had become aware of a strange odour in the air it was the scent of a tobacco happily unknown in windlecombe neither holy latakia nor turkish not honeydew alone nor red virginia cavendish nor returns but a curious internecine blend of all these i knew it at once to be something for which i have a constitutional loathing one of the newtown mixtures wherein are confused and mutually stultified all the good smoking weeds in the world looking more narrowly about me after the usual greetings i discovered a vast and elaborate meerschaum pipe in the corner and behind it a little diffident smiling man but this could not entirely account for the overpowering exotic reek in the room i missed the familiar smell of our own good windlecombe shag although there were half a dozen other pipes in full blast round me and then i realised the situation the stranger had seduced all the company to his pestilent combination and now as i lowered at him through the haze he was holding out his pouch even to me who would not have touched his garbage if it had been the last pipeful left on earth but he took my curt almost surly refusal as if it were an intended kindness ah you do not smoke well it does seem a kind of insult to the pure country air but in towns you know what with the din and the dust and the strain on one's nerves everybody and of course i must not quarrel with my bread and butter i produced my own pipe and pouch and filled brutally under his very nose serenely he watched the operation and without a trace of offence i am in the trade as i was telling these gentlemen here when you came in do you know the walworth road in london my shop is just behind the elephant and any day you are passing i but wasn't i glad to get away if only for the few hours and i do assure you sir i haven't been out of london for nearly nearly twenty years i suppose he looked at me in placid surprise law how did you know that now but it is quite true being single-handed you see it isn't easy to but 
i was glad i tell you and i had never seen a real country village in my life until i got out of the train at stavisham and walked on here isn't it quiet and how funny it seems no asphalt paving and no wires running always over the housetops and the singing birds all loose in the trees and flowers i suppose there is a law to prevent people picking em there were no end along by the road i came somehow my heart warmed to this inconsiderable by-product of civilization that had strayed amongst us and presently as much to my own surprise as his i found myself loitering down the hill again with him at my elbow having promised to show him that there were other flowers in the country beside the dust-throttled daisies and dandelions of the roadside we took the path that runs between the river and the wood he soon let his pipe go out for he moved in open-mouthed wonder all the way which rendered smoking impracticable at last we came to a bend in the river where the bank sloped gently down to the waterside covered with all the rich-hued september growths and we sat down to rest i did not plague him with the names of things nor with any talk at all but lay for the most part silently watching the effect of the place upon him as one might study the demeanour of a dormouse let loose amidst the like surroundings straight from ratcliffe highway he took off coat and hat and sat quite still for a while with legs drawn up and his chin upon his knees but presently he fell to wandering about like a child ducking his pallid bald head over each flower as he came to it but keeping his itching fingers resolutely clasped behind his back it was a brave show even for this brave time of year though other months afford perhaps a greater variety in colour and kind nature in early autumn seems more forceful and impressive because she concentrates her energies into the dealing of the one blow the urging of the one appeal upon the colour sense it was the purple month look where we would the same royal colour filled the sunshine purple loosestrife edged the river and purple knapweed thistles heather purple thyme and willow herb and climbing vetch hemmed us in on every side paler of hue yet still of the same regal dye the wild mint and cranesbill marjoram and calamint crowded upon one another and close to the water's edge the michaelmas daisies were already in full flower under both banks the soil was tinged with their pure cool lilac mirrored again yet more faintly in the drowsy water below for half an hour perhaps the little tobacconist wandered up and down this enchanted place and then he came back to me treading on tiptoe hushed and solemn-eyed as if he were in church you live hereabouts 
he asked in a voice little above a whisper all the year round don't you and nothing to do but just put on a hat whenever you want to come here and in ten minutes here you are nothing to pay and no trouble oh my stars and it is not always the same you know i pass this way nearly every week and there is always something different the flowers change with every month you hear different birds singing according to the season the leaves on the trees come and go and the sky shows you a new picture every time you look at it even the river changes it is the top of the tide now that's log floating out there has not moved a dozen feet in the last five minutes but in an hour's time the water will be driving down swift and strong and all the reeds and rushes that now stand up quite straight and still in the sunshine will be bending and trembling in the flow ah he crowded a perfectly bewildering variety of emotions into the breathed monosyllable is that a nightingale singing over there no you are too late for nightingales they have done singing these two months and more that is a robin the robins have just begun to sing again after their summer silence and when that happens you know the summer is almost done he sat now mute at my side for so long that at last i must steal a glance at him i saw him brush a hand hastily across his eyes I i am glad i came of course said he musing but but i have been the worst kind of fool all the same just think of going back there to-night lor just think of it yesterday morning i watered the geraniums in the window-boxes and gave the canary his seed and says i here's singing-birds and flowers as good as any you'll get in the country then i went to the shop door and saw a cart full of straw going by and another of green cabbages for borough market lor says i the country comes on wheels to your very door in london london for me and now i'll never get that feeling back again no never the very worst kind of fool i don't think close by us there grew a great tuft of valerian as he sat staring tragically at its disc of deep red blossom butterflies came to it with every moment sipped a while then passed on painted ladies red admirals little tortoiseshells always in twos and threes finally a peacock butterfly sailed over to the valerian and settled there her rich colours aflare in the sunshine she spread out her great veins the upper covering the lower then she gently slid her upper wings forward and gradually the wonderful spots on the lower wings appeared like a pair of slowly opening drowsy violet eyes 
the little tobacconist breathed hard i i can see it all clear enough he said tremulously a man gets a real chance here come worry come sickness come bad luck come anything you like all you have got to do is to open your eyes and ears and off it goes like the bundle of sins in the pilgrim's progress book but in london he stopped short then in a tone of deep despairing disgust geraniums canaries cartloads of cabbages bah i had not found myself confronted by so difficult a proposition for many a long day if only the reverend had been there but there was nothing for it but to try a joust with the situation alone depend upon it said i if coming amongst the beautiful natural things of the world has made you despise the mean ugly necessary parts of your life then you have been a fool indeed one of the worst kind but are you really the sort of fool you think and have you not overstated both cases alike in neither town nor country is there all of good or all of evil there are plenty of geraniums and cabbages in windlecombe and alas canaries and in london there is plenty of beauty if you look for it with the right eyes beauty in london he repeated incredulously yes truly and the people who see it and enjoy it most are just those people who have the deepest knowledge of and love for the natural things of the countryside now shall i tell you what sort of a fool you really are he thought a moment eyeing me in some perplexity well yes said he at last if it isn't too much trouble it is a lot of trouble and i am not sure i can do it but i will try did you ever hear of the saying where ignorance is bliss tis folly to be wise no i can't say that i ever well you have fallen right into that trap you have given yourself twenty years of that kind of bliss and now you have got to pay for it but what was it made you start off this morning in such a hurry to get to the country when only yesterday you were quite content with your window-boxes and your screeching yellow gewgaw he considered a little then blushed to his eyes it was an old book he said mysteriously looking round apparently to make certain we were alone nothing but an old book on a bookstall i picked it up just out of curiosity as i went by last night and there were some dried flowers in it dog roses i think and then i looked up and saw the moon shining very small and bright high up in the sky and it came over me that though she kept one eye dutifully on the walworth road 
with the other eye she might well be looking down on the country lane where those roses grew years ago and thinks i all of a creep like why can't a man look two ways at once and if he must give one eye to business why can't he give the other to just what he likes and then i and then you certainly left off being the kind of fool i mean left off for ever well that saves us both a lot of trouble for we are both wrong about your case it seems you need not fear to go home to-night you will find those geraniums as fresh and sweet as the valerian there and just as populous of butterflies and the canary you will hear in his song every morning the notes of all the wild birds that have sung to you to-day and when next a wagon-load of straw goes by your shop it will not be mere straw but a field of wheat under the country sunshine the sound of the wind in the walworth telephone wires will be for you only the rustle of wind in the corn that is what i meant by london beauty end of section seventeen